things aren't a problem until they're a problem. So like if you're in a relationship and you're like, for example, for yourself, you're like, you know, I can bring this stuff to my partner and it's clearly working well and we've got our own little thing going and it works for me, it works for him, it works for us, then that's fine. But I probably see people who they might get stuck in certain spaces and sometimes I think when it comes to business or comes to work, a lot of couples, including myself actually, we can get quite stuck in that space. Do you love your business? You should, right? Well, sometimes we just don't. It's my hope that this, the My Daily Business Coach podcast, helps you regain a little of that lost love by providing tips and tactics, tools, insights, inspiration, all the good stuff to help you actually enjoy running your business. In addition to actionable tips and tactics that you'll be able to execute immediately, you'll also hear from creative small business owners around the world who've been able to sidestep the hustle and build a business that merges their passion with their purpose and provides a profit. I'm your host, Fiona Kalaki, founder of My Daily Business Coach. Let's get going. Hello, and welcome to episode 254 of the My Daily Business Coach podcast. My name is Fiona Kalaki, and I'm a coach, an author, speaker, all sorts of things, but I'm also a wife and a partner. And that is important because today we are going to talk about all things relationships. So whether you are in a relationship, whether you want a relationship, whether you have found that your relationship has kind of come undone, being a small business owner, today's interview with an incredible guest is going to be so, so interesting and enlightening. And it's not just for kind of the romantic romantic relationships that we have in our lives. It's for all relationships. So whether you are kind of challenged by relationships in your workplace, whether you have brought people on and maybe for whatever reason, the staff haven't kind of stayed, or maybe you just keep coming up against the same challenges with suppliers or manufacturers or people that are working kind of remotely or on contract basis for your business, then I think that today's interview episode will uh, really, really help you because there's so many tips and insights about how we work in relationships as small business owners. But before we get stuck into that great interview with my lovely guest, I want to, of course, acknowledge the traditional owners and custodians on the beautiful lands on which I'm lucky enough to work and live and play and record this podcast. And that is the Wawarong and Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. And I pay my respects to their elders, past, present and emerging, and acknowledge that sovereignty has never been ceded. The other thing I wanted to mention today is that it is getting into gifting season. So if you have a small business owner in your life, please know that we have gift cards available. So if you don't really know exactly what to get them, or maybe they have told you about this podcast or told you about my work, you can get them a gift card and that can go towards business coaching. It can be buying any kind of courses that we have, or you can just check out the shop and buy any of the type of courses we have. We often have people buying them as gifts for their partner's birthday or milestone. And it's so lovely because we get to surprise them with this, you know, coaching or whatever else their partner has bought. So speaking of relationships, it's a great gift idea. So you can find that over at mydailybusinesscoach.com forward slash shop. All right, let's get into today's interview episode. All right, so picture this. It is the start of the pandemic, 2020, and 
I'm business coaching, I'm working with lots of different people, and I'm starting to hear a common theme about relationships and the impact of people having to work from home together, particularly those with children. They're doing homeschooling, they don't have childcare. And I heard from so many of my clients about the impact that their business was having or they felt was having on their relationship with their partner. And the idea that somehow people running small businesses have far more flexibility than people who were employed or are employed. And it's a common theme that I hear a lot. It wasn't just, you know, new to the pandemic, but I have to say that I was hearing it a lot when the pandemic first hit and we were having many, many lockdowns, especially here in Melbourne. And so I've reached out to today's guest, who is the beautiful Jill Jarde. And I have to give shout out to Lorinda Nenzako, who is the wonderful co-founder of Collective Closets and has been a client and a friend for a long time because she suggested that I reach out to Jill. Now, I originally reached out to Jill to come into the Good Business Group and sort of do a session. I was doing a lot of sessions with experts in all sorts of fields and to do a session on relationships and how can we kind of nurture a relationship when we have a business, when you might have children or you might have other big things that are coming into your life and need a lot of time and attention and how can you work on that particularly through a pandemic. So Jill and I got chatting and she actually ended up doing the Marketing for Your Small Business course and coaching program recently as well. And I just think what she's doing is really interesting. I like the way she runs her business. I like the content that she puts out. And so I said, would you like to come onto the podcast? And she happily agreed. So today I asked Jill to come on to really talk about how can we improve the relationships in our lives as a small business owner, both the romantic relationships or, you know, our partners in life, but also the relationships that we have even with business partners or with family that might be working for us or, you know, just people that are working for us or that come into our lives through business, whether that's suppliers or manufacturers or, you know, freelance graphic designers or all the people that we kind of tend to get in touch with throughout the years as a small business owner. So Jill is a couples therapist. She has a master's in that and she has been working on her business herself. She's also a business owner. So we discussed that as well for the last few years. And it's really refreshing to talk to somebody like Jill, who is so approachable, so down to earth. And I love in this conversation as well, she's so transparent that, you know, she goes through these same struggles in her own life, just because she's an expert and has studied this and worked in this field. It doesn't somehow mean that she's immune to, you know, feeling these challenges herself. So I love in that today's interview, Jill talks about this from a perspective of a couples therapist and a, you know an expert in that field, but also from the perspective of somebody in a relationship, from a small business owner's perspective, and just gives a really holistic view of how we can all improve our relationships, particularly as small business owners. So I do want to also just put out a kind of trigger warning that we are talking about relationships today. And we are talking about kind of problems that might come up in relationships, but we are not talking about severe problems or very, very toxic behavior in terms of things like family domestic violence. So if you or somebody you know is struggling in a very toxic, unhealthy relationship or potentially is a 
person within a family domestic violence experience, please know there is help available. Today we are touching on very kind of light subjects, but if you need help with that, please check out 1800respect.org.au. You can also phone 1800respect. The phone number is 1800 737 732. There is also help on Lifeline, which is 13 11 14. And the other key places, if you're in Australia particularly, to check out information is Safe Steps, which you can find at safesteps.org.au that has 24-7 family violence response centres. Another great one is Your Toolkit, and that is your Y-O-U-R t-o-o-l-k-i-t.com.au. And that will give you a lot of information, particularly if you are somebody close to someone experiencing this. How do you bring that up? How do you have conversations? And it also goes through the multiple different kind of things that we may not always associate with family domestic violence, such as financial abuse. So as I said, we are not going into those topics today. When we talk about problems in relationships, we're talking on a a different scale, nowhere near the kind of family domestic violence sort of issues that are unfortunately really prevalent in this country, in Australia. So yeah, I wanted to get Jill on from Freedom Couple Counselling and just give us some advice. So regardless of where you are in your relationship and where you are in your business as well, I think that you'll be able to learn so much from Jill's wisdom today. So here it is, my interview with the wonderful Jill Jarde from Freedom Couple Counselling. Hello, Jill. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're so welcome. I have been looking forward to having this chat for a while. So as I always start with everyone, how are you feeling and where are you joining us from today? So probably the easier of those questions to answer is I'm joining from Melbourne. And how am I feeling? I'm feeling okay. I'd say I'm feeling a bit tired and exhausted, which is probably a thing in Melbourne as we come out of winter in terms of sickness and sick kids and sick partner and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling okay is probably the optimistic answer to that. Okay. Oh, I, I appreciate your honesty. <laughs> yeah, I think everyone is feeling that just like, ugh, this is blur, like dreariness, I would kind yeah. of describe it. Yes. Yeah, you're over it. Yeah, yeah we're so yeah. over it. Bring on summer. And not too much rain as 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 I hear. But so today we're going to talk about your business. And obviously I've mentioned a little bit in the intro just now, and I love the business name. So can you tell us what Freedom Couple Counselling is and kind of why and how and, and when did you start this? Yeah. Okay. So yes, Freedom Couple Counselling is my business name and I relaunched that. I'd say during our Melbourne lockdowns now, so that would have been in 2020. But I guess just for your listeners to know, I am a couples therapist and I've been doing that for a few years now. And I had, when I kind of graduated from my master's in couples counselling, I had started up my business, had a few clients, and I had gone with just the my my name like I just kind of googled around and it seemed like everyone seemed to be like saying you know their business name was based on their name which from a marketing perspective for me was probably not the most useful thing because you know as much as you know my family know me my friends know me no one else outside of that would really know who I am so anyways during the lockdown I had my second child 
And I was really keen to kind of get back into it. And I was really keen to really, yeah, like just kind of relaunch and turn my business into something that really represents what I wanted for the business. So I changed the name to Freedom Couple Counseling. And and that for me is essentially just having like a therapy space for my clients where they can just come and be real and bring whatever it is that they have going on. So whether that's you know, coming from a place of brokenness or coming from a place where you just need to retweak something, whether you're a couple, whether you're an individual, I guess a space that you can bring your stuff, we can unpack your stuff, we can process your stuff, and you can come and get some form of healing and have a sense of freedom, whatever that looks like for you individually. So that's kind of the heart of my name. I don't know if that answers the question or not. No, it does. It does. And so... Can I ask you that? And also, congratulations for having a second child anytime, but especially during a pandemic. How's that all going? Oh, Lord. <laughs> How much time do you have in your podcast? Yeah. How's that going? It's got like, listen, it's good, but it's really hard. It's a huge transition. And I think if you are a business person or a parent or, you know, working part-time, full-time, it is. it has been a massive, massive transition and I guess navigating a lot of different spaces, I think, for myself and for my family. So it's been full-on, I think. Yeah, I, I hear you. I had a, my second child just before the pandemic and I actually thought 2020 is going to be such a good year, like everything's... <laughs> It was not. It was, it was not. amazing. Yeah, yeah. It was not. And so can I also ask you, and I know I'm putting you on the spot, when you changed names, because I think that's something really important for people to, one, take from what you just said about you don't have to stick with a name just because, one, everyone else is doing it, or, two, that's the name you you started with. When yeah. you changed it, was there much to do in terms of, like, were you worried about, I don't know, losing SEO if you changed the domain name or, I don't know, your emails or anything like that? Well, No, I just think that it was kind of probably just a rebranding and just a completely different business Mm -hmm. for myself, if that makes sense, because I think what I initially went in with, like, I don't think I really knew what I was doing or do you know what I mean? Like, and I just think I had time to actually think about it. And this time, this second time around, like, I wanted to do it well. I think because I'd, I'd come from a completely different framework and really wanting to represent myself and my brand differently. I think that's kind of where that came from. And just wanting to put myself out there, like, as well. Like, I think that was something different for me too. Yeah, I love the explanation of the name and the concept of freedom and, you know, people coming with different different ideas of what they need themselves. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned that you, you know, have this master's and you've worked for, you know, years as a couples therapist and so you're kind of like a next level agony aunt for your friends and family (laughs) does everyone ask you to like analyze their relationships and do you feel like you can or do you feel like you're like no I steer clear that is so funny I have to say like I don't think I get that as much as what you think like in terms of occasionally like people ask me you know, like people will be talking about their own relationships and then, you know, like try and ask me stuff from the perspective of being, you know, a therapist. But I reckon from the most part, this is friends, by the way, from the most part, it's definitely from a perspective of other people and like, hey, what do you think? 
Do you know what I mean? Like maybe getting a little bit messy and trying to get the tea on other people, not not themselves, but other people. Oh, yes. And what I think about that. But with my family, I'll tell you what I say to my family because my family, like my family try and throw this on me regularly and I will always be like, listen, it is the weekend. You are not paying me for this. <laughs> I am unavailable <laughs> for those types of things. I reckon I'll probably get it from my family more than anyone. Oh, that is so funny. My sister is, we are really close and she's a GP and the amount of times, I mean, she's been incredibly helpful, but sometimes she'll just be like, I don't know, Fiona, why don't you call your GP? Yeah, yeah. You're my GP. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yes. She's like, I really think you should just go and see your GP and talk about it. Yeah. Do you know what we call that? That's good boundaries. That's what I'm like. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And so speaking of boundaries, you know, boundaries are obviously something that comes up hugely in relationships and relationships I think, are so crucial to running a business, whether it's your romantic relationship or your business partner or whoever, you know, people that you work with. And I know in my own life, my husband has been a huge rock for me and I often refer to him as, you know, my own business coach. And as someone who works alone, like most of the time, I mean, yes, I'm talking to people all day long, but I am working alone. I have remote staff and I've chosen that kind of lifestyle. My husband is often the one that hears all the stuff that's going on, the good, the bad. They're like, oh, I've got this business idea. What do you think of this? Mm. And yeah, and I think with everyone I work with, work is a common theme that comes up within their relationship. So I'm wondering, well, firstly, do you agree that work is a big part of like a relationship between a couple? And I'm talking about like romantic couples. And then what do you think are some tips or do you have a tip for kind of maintaining a level of openness without it turning into just venting onto your partner? Yeah, no. I think that work slash business is a massive thing for couples. Like I've, I'm forever hearing. I think that's why I was really excited actually about your invitation because it is so huge for so many people and, and it looks different. I do have to say that like for, you know, every couple might have a really different setup. Also just to say that if it's a business or if it's a career that you're really passionate about, it makes so much sense that it's such a big part of you. Do you know what I mean? Like in terms mm. of the level of energy and time and, you know, like the space that goes into the finances, the, th- the thought processes behind it, the amount of, like it, it's almost like, I think for some people anyways, it's all, you could almost equate it to being another child mm. in terms of the depth of how important it is and the dreams and you know the goals and all that kind of stuff associated to business so it it makes sense that in a relationship we tend to talk about the things that are most important to us or the things that are are stressing us out so it is very common but like listen do you know my thing my thing and I always say this to my couples things aren't a problem until they're a problem so like if you're in a relationship and you're like for example for yourself you're like you know I can bring this stuff to my partner and it's clearly working well and we've got our own little thing going and it works for me, it works for him, it works for us, then that's fine. But I probably see people who they might get stuck in certain spaces and sometimes I think when it comes to business or comes to work, a lot of couples, including myself actually, we can get quite stuck in that space Mm. and that can be probably for, you know, a different number of reasons but the first is obviously like in terms of you know we have different expectations in terms of what we want from our partners 
when it comes to support and when it comes to being able to vent and when it comes to being able to, do you know what I mean, like have their input on certain types of things. So that might be, I know for myself, like that might be really big and important to me because I'm also like a solo, you know, business person. I don't have, I don't have a business partner and like the people that I see the most in my business or speak to are a potential clients or my clients, like Mm. they are the majority of kind of who I chat to. Yeah, so you're not going to like turn around and be like, oh, let me tell me you my problems. Yeah, exactly. Like at the end of the session being like, and while I have you here, yeah, <laughs> that does. And it's actually like, and I don't know if you can relate to this, it's actually quite a isolating job in that way, I'd say like mm. a role. Yeah. Anyways, so I think often, yeah, the thing that comes up for couples is the differences in expectation. And that can kind of change over time. So like maybe at some point in time, you know, what you have going now works, but maybe in the future or maybe years ago, like it doesn't necessarily gel so much. And it is around boundaries. And when I when I speak about like expectations, I think as people that are invested in something that we're passionate about and we enjoy, and if we're like kind of like if we call it maybe like a solo practitioner type of thing, you might have an unspoken expectation that your partner will be supportive in certain ways, right? Mm. Um, But your partner might have completely different ideas as to what their expectation of what it would look like. So, like, we might be talking about, you know, speaking about ideas, but for, for from other couples it might look differently. That might be based around roles and, you know, like, listen, I, you know, with my business, I need to be, I'm not available between like, you know, nine and seven. And so that means something different for my partner in terms of if we have children or if we have third children or Mm. do you know what I mean? Like socially what that might look like. And so I just find sometimes it's the differences that can get couples in trouble and the unspoken conversations around around what we expect and how that looks like. And also when we talk about, you know, some of these things can kind of get us in trouble too. Does that make sense or am I like blubbering? No, no, it totally all makes sense. I'm like nodding my head here like, oh, yes. And I was just writing down, like I loved when you said things aren't a problem until they're a problem. And the difference in expectation, I think that is so clear in all relationships, like I think it really comes to the fore in a your spouse or your partner, but I do think that it's in every, like when we hire somebody, we're like, oh, well, shouldn't they just get that that's the next yeah. obvious next step? Yeah, come on, come on, just do it. Yeah. yeah, come on. And we do that all the time. I know I'm often thinking of that mantra, uh, I don't know, I can't remember who said it, that expectations are resentments in waiting. It really is. And like, I know expectations for me have been a huge thing that I've had to work on my whole life. Yeah, it's huge. And you know what else? I think it's also like this thing of we might sign up for something. Like, so if you're, you know, a business, but you might have signed up in your mind, you know, you never completely know because we know that that course changes over the span of your business life or changes the span over your career, like life. But you, 
you might do quite a bit of planning. Hopefully you might do a bit of planning at the start. So you might do, you know, come up with your business plan and you might be looking at things to do with finances and like supplying stuff and, you know, production. And you're looking at all these things that you think that you need to sustain or start that business off. But sometimes we forget to look at the impact of that on our partners. Mm. The people that we would be doing life with, they might not really be on the same page as we are when we're doing these things. So they just often might be kind of caught off guard, not always, but sometimes caught off guard because they didn't, they signed up, yes, for you know, like this driven, you know, like passionate, like they might even like we tend to like be attracted to that. You know, some people Mm. are that kind of thing in a, in a partner so they might be like oh, awesome you know or oh, you start your own business Woo-hoo, whatever <laughs> I thought I knew what I signed up for but I didn't sign up for like what was going to come with it I didn't sign up for someone who wasn't going to be available for me all the time yes oh my goodness or even just the type of business exactly the type of business it's going to be so different or even just signing up to someone who's exhausted when they get home like that's me on my on the days that I'm working (laughs) when I get home I am like I have nothing I'm like put me put on a reality tv show (laughs) that is exactly me my husband I usually finish work before him and I go get the kids and stuff. But sometimes he'll want to chat and I'm like, I don't want to talk to anyone, Jerome. I've spoken yeah. to like, I've had seven hours of talking to yeah. people today and I just want to, yeah, I'll be like, I just want to watch Real Housewives or whatever other trash that I'm watching and just yeah. zone out. And I'll say that to like we've gotten better, but I'll just say to him, I just need like 20 minutes to yeah. myself with yeah. no one talking to me, no one asking anything of me. Yeah. Yeah. And I love before when you when you were really honest and vulnerable saying, you know, it can be really isolating doing, I mean, I'm not a therapist, but sometimes I feel like I'm a therapist because you you have to be the one with the answers and you have to be the yeah. one holding space for people. And and I think particularly, and I'm, I don't know if you felt this as well, through the pandemic, it was really hard. Like I remember talking to my sister, the GP, and saying, how do you not attach to everyone's problems? And yeah. she was like, yeah, I've had to come up, you know, because being a GP all day long, you're, you're mm-hmm. telling people they've got cancer or you're telling other things. And she's like, yeah, you just had to really, I can, she said something like, I don't know if she said tinfoil. No, I think she said like a Vespa, like a windscreen. Like I can, I can see it, mm-hmm. but I don't need to feel I don't need to take on every person's energy, which is not to say she doesn't. She definitely does sometimes. But, yeah, I think it can be quite isolating, that relationship, you know, whether you're whatever job you have, if you're giving advice or you're mentoring people, it could be hard on you as well. Yeah, it is. And 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 because you have your own stuff as well at home. Yeah. Like, that doesn't stop just because of what your job is. Yeah. And then on, like, another side to that, I work with, you know, we've talked about people who where one partner is not in the business, but mm-hmm. I also work with people who are like partners, um, you know, whether they're a couple or whether they're, you know, been together forever or married or whatever, mm-hmm. but they're in business together. And I'm just wondering how would you suggest people separate work and life when they are so fully in the business together and potentially they're with each other 24-7? I had quite a few clients during the pandemic who did really well because they're in the homeware kind of space and actually brought on their partner like their partner left yeah but I think it can be a conversation that comes up a bit of like oh god now we're like together 24 7 like do we just talk about work all the time yeah no I hear you know what they're called they're called couplepreneurs oh (laughs) a couplepreneurs oh my goodness I've learned a new term (laughs) yeah can I just tell I do have to just say like so there is so much strength to those couples, though, because 
they just have stuff and they we have to just acknowledge that they probably deal with things that not all couples are dealing with either mm-hmm. it's layered in terms of we are romantically connected and then we also run a business together so you are like navigating different you know like the usual couple stuff but you there's an added layer of things that you have to navigate that not all couples do and maybe for some you know some of your listeners like maybe you're not a romantic couple but maybe you're related Mm -hmm. this stuff could kind of be applicable to sort of to them but like for these couples like I tell you whenever they come in I think I'm always like amazed by them in some ways because they're like they have quite a few similarities and they're usually like quite like a passion you know they're kind of like a power couple that's usually how Mm -hmm. I see them Mm -hmm. both really passionate both really driven they usually have like a like a shared sense of like a heart for business and entrepreneurship and like so they have a lot of like strong like commonality kind of in that sort of space but listen, it is really hard, and I have seen it with some of my clients who are in this predicament, like it is really hard to separate the two and naturally, and I think it can happen really easily that like the lines get very blurred, I guess, very easily. And simply because like, you know, if I use the example of if you were a couple but you both had another job the way that you might communicate with your employees or if you had a business that you're you were like the way that you'd communicate with each other would be quite different yes you'd spend a lot of time together and spend you know but you would also have like there's kind of like a a a line towards like home and business life whereas for these couples like I think a lot of their worlds kind of merge together a lot And so there's a lot of tension in that as well, because maybe who you are as, you know, like co-founding kind of, you know, business, you know, business partners, if you are business partners or, you know, one of you is a founder and one of you works in the business, we can sometimes lose that sense of professionalism in a way where we might just talk to our partner in any how like we would when we're at home. We might bring up things all the time. We might be holding, you know, issues or things that have come up either A, in the business or maybe, you know, B, in our personal lives and, you know, whatever resentments can kind of merge into, you know, the personal time. It's just like a whole kind of mismatch of stuff sort of going on. And I guess the kind of things that we would talk about with these couples is actually having like the, it sounds really obvious and it, it probably sounds more simple than what it is but it's not that simple actually in terms of just having really clear boundaries and you have to really remember that yes you are partners or yes you're working together in this space but you're also a couple so how do we you know define that line between you and so I think when I'm talking about like boundaries, that's boundaries around like how you communicate, for example. Well, how do you communicate like with with your business partner? Is that respectful? Like what are the rules? What are the guidelines? What are the ethics around how we communicate when we're at work? So like maybe even defining your working hours, like what are those working hours? And, like, maybe just coming up with boundaries around, like, you know, after a certain time, we don't talk about work. 
And I know that like maybe some people listening that will be really hard to do because I know, I know, like I know business and that sometimes it's hard to kind of cut off, but actually like in the same way that we're probably really good at pouring into our business because that's that is actually what's required to have a successful good business we also need to kind of respect our relationship and pour into that too and our family as well if like if you have you know kids or you know other family or friendships or whatever like you know it's one thing being good at business but like it's also the other stuff for most of us that keeps us really whole and really grounded and sometimes I know that it can be easy to like be really good in one area, but like other areas can sort of suffer. And I know for couples like that can be the case, especially if they're in business together. And so when I was talking about like boundaries around time, like sometimes it's also useful, like if you have a ritual. So like maybe you guys as a couple, and this could be applied to like even if you're the only business person in your relationship, but maybe you could have a ritual that you do that kind of ends the day. You know, maybe you drive home together, but maybe that's like when you get home, like you give each other a kiss and that kiss is like, okay, we're home. We're a couple now and we're going to have our night and evening and from we know that from 10 a.m. tomorrow we are then the business we're the partners in the business and then we resume that from 10 a.m. And because we want to honour our time and honour our space as a family, we have rules around like, you know, what that's going to look like. We have rules around spending time with our children and we're just going to really honour that even though it's really hard. And for most people you can hold off and then you can even talk about times where, you know, like as in any kind of business is always an emergency you know, there's always something at some point which is kind of blowing up that you need to attend. You can, I guess, contract that together in terms of when that happens, how do we manage that? Oh, my goodness, so many tips and ideas. And I love that idea of end-of-day ritual. I actually did a whole podcast episode on this. We will link to that in the show notes. But when you were talking about, like, you know, you want to be good at business but you also want to be good at life, you made me think of that, um, oh, my God, who said it? I think it was Dolly Parton who said, you know, don't don't get so busy making a living that you forget to make a life. Yeah, it's so true. It's so true. And also one of the first guests I had on here was Josh Rubin who runs Cool Hunting in the US and he's married to his business partner, Evan Orenston, and he said that his mum actually told them, like, just at least over dinner, just don't talk about work over dinner so that that one hour is your safe space to just not talk about anything to do with work. Yes, the business is really important, but there's also other elements of the person. Mm. Again, this can be applied to, like, not just couples that are in business together, even if one of you is. But, like, I think it can be a little bit of a mood. It's not sexy, firstly, you know, like (laughs) talking about (laughs) all the time. And like one of the other rules I was going to say is like, and maybe having, if you, like some businesses, like they work from home. So you can even just like have a contract around, like, you know, maybe we don't talk about it in in our bedroom, for example. Mm -hmm. You know, something like that. And and lastly, what I was going to say is if you are like completely enmeshed as in, we do everything to we do business together, we do all the stuff with our kids, we do the family, blah, 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 blah. like maybe it's an opportunity. If you're at the point where you're like, oof, it's just feeling like a little bit too much, we're feeling a little bit overwhelmed, I'm over, you know, I'm over it. Well, maybe it's also like healthy to like start finding your own thing outside of 
like what you do together. So maybe that's finding a hobby or like finding a sport or a craft or, you know, something else like that, that you can do that's just for you and them having their own thing too. Because I think sometimes like the forever issue with couples is always closeness and distance. Mm. And sometimes like I think for enmeshed couples, sometimes having a space of having your own thing is really important maybe to keep the fire burning with the two of you. Being able to say, hey, like, you know, I, I, I tried this new thing, just bringing, you know, something different into the element. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense. but No, it totally makes sense. And I feel like I'm just like quote city here, but I do remember at, at <laughs> high school we had to study a poet and and one of my friends, Danielle, she chose Carl Gibran. Gibran I don't know how you say it, Carl Gibran. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah, a lot of people use, I remember that was like in year nine, but I've heard it at so many people's weddings. It's like a poem basically saying like we can be two columns holding up a house, but we're separate columns. It's really important, I reckon, because so often we hear, you know, all this romantic stuff of like two become one, you know, all of these like romantic songs about I found my other half. But like you said, you're a whole person without that person. So, yeah, I think it's so important. I wanted to ask with other people that we're in relationship with, and I think everything you've said can also, you know, work or be laid over other relationships but we say customers or suppliers or manufacturers we've got or staff that are kind of maybe working remotely or clients, like are there any tips to kind of just get the best out of any relationship? I know that's a very broad question, but, yeah, are there any tips that you think, oh, this is, you know, a really, really important one? You know what? Like I think the one thing that I was thinking, and I don't know if people find this helpful, but I know that I try, emphasis on try and do this, (laughs) And maybe because I'm a therapist, like we tend to often like stay in the what's not working zone and like we tend to go there probably a bit more. But I think maybe those initial conversations or those initial like kind of verbal contracts that we have with people are really important. And we tend to like maybe focus on, you know, like obviously like trying to get the stuff done and thinking of like what we need to get done with suppliers or manufacturers or whatever. But we maybe don't really talk so much about what we do when things might not be working well, if that makes sense. And this is probably more your space for you and in the mind, but in terms of like having legal contracts to protect yourself and all that kind of stuff. But I think I like to have conversations with people about so how will I know when things aren't working well for you? And what would you do with that? And I actually do have this moment, like, would you would you call? Yeah. And, and most people, I can tell you now, most people are like, yeah, you know, um, you're like, you know, I'll tell you. Or if people, everyone always thinks that that's what they would do, but most people probably don't really like conflict. Mm-hmm. So I so much better to contract with people beforehand about if this is not going well, like what are we going to do in that moment? Mm, Oh, my goodness, that is so important because, I mean, people in like job interviews, they'll say, you know, what's what's one of your qualities that could be improved? And people are like, oh, I'm a perfectionist. Everyone says that because it's like, oh, I'm so, I'm so, I'm so good. 
that's my biggest fault. I just want everything to be perfect. And I think, yeah, so many people will avoid confrontation, avoid any kind of scary conversation. And so I think it's really important. It's so, it's such a valuable point that you just brought up because I think there's going to be lots of business owners listening to this thinking, okay, in my next one-on-one with my staff, I'm going to ask this question. What are we, how are we going to navigate this? And I go even further to say, listen, my style is I'm quite direct. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I know that doesn't necessarily work for everyone, but this is what I'm like. What are you like? Mm, yes, I think this is so. God, I feel like everyone. I'm listening. I'm thinking of people I used to manage and wishing that we'd had these conversations. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah, I'm like you. I can be very direct, and I would rather just rip the bandaid off and get it over with. And other people aren't like that. But the power of it is, if and when you do like something does come up, you've already spoken about how you would mm. So it's easier because they've given you permission, you've given them permission, we've we've verbally contracted it and, you know, we're going to stick to that as opposed to, oh, crap, like now we're in trouble, things aren't going well, what are we going to do, how are we going to bring, you know what I mean, mm. like, uh, like this awkward kind of space. And, like, listen, saying that, like, you know, it's not always going to end in the way that we want or, you know, like we can't sort of control everyone around us. But I think it is really important in terms of and any kind of relationship, like kind of setting, I guess, those rules. And I just think it's so much easier for yourself. And you're also telling people about how you work. You're telling people what your expectations are of you and your business and your processes as well. And you're giving them permission when things aren't going well, like to bring that up. So, and, you know, like I'm assuming, or maybe not like for me, I'm more inclined to be like, okay, can we meet again in three months in terms of, and I know like people do be like, how's everything going thing? And people are like, yeah, it's good. I might ask that, but I might often also ask more questions. <laughs> So I might be like, listen, if you could change something in terms of what we've done in the last three months, what would you change? Because I might maybe get more from that question than how's everything going? Like, do you know what I mean? Mm, yes. Oh, my goodness. And it, it just it's more open and allows that person to come back with like, and it's open and more specific at the same time, if that makes sense, because it, it gives them a framework to come back to you. And on that, I know I'm just like asking so many questions about this, but I know that we were in touch at the start of the pandemic because I was like, oh, my gosh, I have to get you to come into a good business group and, you know, it's awesome what you're doing and all of that. And I think that a lot of couples have started navigating new waters because of the pandemic and because we were together a lot more, Mm. even if, you know, you don't actually work together. And one thing that I've heard a lot is that people in business have felt on one level more respected because they're like, oh my God, they see what I have to do all the time and I'm juggling business and maybe I'm juggling the kids. And and so that partner has been there watching it all and they're like, yay, and, and all of that. But I also think, yeah, on the flip side, some people have been like, wow, you see what I do and you still think that I've got all this time in the day or that I've got, you know, that I'm kind of going out and meeting friends or going shopping or whatever it is. Did you hear from clients like what was the kind of biggest concerns that they had from being together so much during the pandemic? And is there any advice for anyone who maybe was, you know, working from home and now their partner is home full time because, you know, workplaces have changed Mm. and they're still trying to navigate that new normal being together quite often? Oh, yeah. So I probably get like got more of the 
and probably like a big chunk of people, but like I think I probably got more people that were struggling with navigating a lot of couples, which kind of made sense. Like, honestly, like if we're just going to normalize it, like, you know, surviving a pandemic is a thing. And what that looked like for a lot of us was so different to anything we've ever had to navigate before. And so I just think for like the sorts of things that probably would have come up for a lot of couples, you know, you kind of touched on it before in terms of working from home, working from home. Oh, Lordy, what a struggle that was. (laughs) I'm speaking from myself here. You know, like I said, I have like little, like little people at home. So working from home with little people, working from home with like, you know, I think a lot of organizations or businesses were trying to navigate how to work from home if they could that could do that. Or how are we going to stay afloat given we can't, you know, operate and, you know, like all of that kind of stuff. So I think there was a lot of stress on a lot of couples, you know, lest we forget like home home learning. Yes. Mm. <laughs> no childcare. No childcare. And having to still work. And a lot of like the roles, who's doing what? I think that intensified. So maybe that for the couple who were already like kind of struggling with like, you know, I'm doing this, I'm I'm picking the kids up and dropping them off. And I'm feeling like we're not equal in terms of roles that probably intensified during the pandemic because it was almost as though like, well, your job's more important than mine. So now I have to do all that stuff or I have more flexibility in my job than you do. Or and we probably discovered more about each other than we ever have as well. And that wasn't always positive. We might have discovered that maybe our partners drank more than what we thought that they did. And they probably drank more than what they probably did anyways, because they were overwhelmed, stressed. And then like a lot of mental health issues would have come about that. Yeah, like just been equivalent to our the worst versions of ourselves. And it was like a like a pressure cooker mm-hmm. for a lot of households with no outlet no kind of, you know, support with catching up with friends, not being able to drop your kids, you know, at your parent. Like it was a lot for so many people. And I do think that for a lot of couples, their recovering isn't the right word, but they're still trying to navigate that time and still trying to process that time. Because, you know, we've, I wouldn't call it trauma, but I think when you're just holding on, when you're just surviving, there isn't really much time for being able to reflect and process that and so maybe now is that time and also people who are like my relationship is okay and then you know like then they were stuck in a house together and then Mm. (laughs) you know like so a lot of people like broke up (laughs) yeah I've had three clients go through a divorce during the pandemic because yeah it just brought to light things that weren't working it brought to light things that weren't working. So anyways, my advice, like at the start, I said it is just to kind of normalise the fact that you would have had to have navigated something completely different for your family or for yourself or for yourself as a couple. And then I think for a lot of people, obviously, like mental health, like their mental health really took a toll as well. And that was hard for people in terms of like trying to survive themselves and then having a partner that's kind of going through a really hard time with their mental health was really tricky. Anyways, I always think, and this is me biased because I'm, you know, a therapist, but I think sometimes we need to know with all of our problems, 
is this something, okay, have I tried to do something myself? Most people might say yes. Yeah, okay, fine, I have. Is this something that, like, do I need help with this or do I think that I can navigate it on my own? Because I think that's probably, and just like in addition to everything that we've spoken about, like we're often not good at knowing when we need to actually just get help and we've tried everything we can. It has not worked. We've spoken to our friends, we've spoken to our family, or sometimes we've spoken to our partners. Like we have, you know, like a large partner. At some point we just need to be like, maybe I need more help. And that is actually looking at like a professional to kind of support us through that is a really, really important step for, for like a lot of people, I reckon. Yeah. And I think that's a really important thing to say, because especially I know we have listeners from all over the world, which is wonderful. And I have quite a few clients in America and I do feel like the the idea of seeing a therapist in America is much more accepted than here. And here, even, you know, when people talk about couples therapy, sometimes it's almost like, oh, you're at the, you know, you're at the divorce point. And it's like, well, not, it's actually a preventative measure, I would say from that. And so I know we don't have much time of yours left and I want to let you get back to your work and everything else. But I'm wondering, because obviously you've helped lots of people in their relationships, but who has helped you with building your business? Like, do you have any mantras? Have you got books? Have you got, I don't know, a business friend? Like who would you credit has helped you the most or books or documentaries or anything that has helped you build this business over the last couple of years? Oh, that's such a hard one, Fiona. Do I have mantras? Actually, I'll tell you what, I've recently thought of this mantra. I know it's not unique to me, but I must have heard it and thought of it. And I'm like, yes. And so for me, it is like, I am going, my audience is the one. So in everything that I do in terms of my business, and like even on the days where I'm like, oh, Lord, help me. I just want to stay at home. I have nothing for anyone. But like, I sometimes just think of the one, like, you just don't know. Like if you focus on the need of the one, like for me, like and just where I'm at, like that is kind of my motivation. So if I'm doing a podcast like this or if I'm writing like a piece for the newspaper or whatever, like I'm thinking of either the one couple or the one individual that might resonate with what I have to say or what I can bring, you know, in therapy or something like that. So that's something that I really focus on. And then I think I'd seen something a few years ago, which I think your course touches on this, Fiona, but just in terms of like the needs of people, like the need and the why of why we're doing it has really shifted. I think when I relaunched, I think that kind of really shifted what I was doing and what my focus was. You know, it's all well and good to like, like be qualified and I've done my masters and blah, 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 like whatever, but what is actually the need of couples in Melbourne or like, you know, that's sort of something that's really kind of helped me kind of focus or like hone into what was I was doing. But I think more than that, like just networking. So for therapists, we have to have supervision. Like that's part of something we need to do for accreditation. And, you know, the role of our supervisors is to keep us relevant, like to go through, you know, our work. So that's probably something that helps me. And then I have like, you know, like a a group supervision um, group that like it's a group of couples therapists. So they kind of also really help me. But I think 
for myself, and I'm sure a lot of people could relate to this, like I'm also quite different and unique to, I'd say, like a lot of couples therapists. Like if I think of who I started studied with in my course and think of like when I'm networking, I'm pretty different to like a lot of couples therapists that I've known as well. And so now I'm like, oh, that's like more of my superpower more than anything else. But, um, yeah, I think like networking, having other friends in business, like other friends who, like, I don't know, I just feel like you can always learn from different people or you can get inspiration from different people. I don't really have that much time. Like I'm not, you know, I don't probably listen to as many like businessy type podcasts or books. I probably spend most of my time in therapy type podcasts or mm-hmm. books in yeah. my area more than anything. Have I answered the question or I'm like, yes, you have. I would love to know. Do you watch Couples Therapy, that show? I've heard about it. I've never watched it. Oh, I thought you'd be like right into it. No, I've, I've heard about it. I think I don't, I'm not, on, yeah, I've heard about it. I've never watched it. Oh, yes. Yeah, I watched the US one and then I kind of stopped watching it, but apparently there's an Australian one as well. So for anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, it's real couples going through therapy and it's all on TV. So, yeah, you get to sort of see these couples. And in one way it was good when my husband and I watched the first one, I was like, man, those people have real problems. (laughs) I was like, God, imagine that. But, yeah, and so I would love to know, you know, what are you most proud of from your journey in business? Oh, that's a big one. That's such a big one. What am I most proud of? Oh, my gosh. I have to say, like, yeah, there's just been so many things. Like, I think from the time when I relaunched, I think surviving, I don't know, that's, like, not a good word, but it is a word for me. I think, yeah, like, some surviving, like, the pandemic, surviving all the change, also, like, surviving the juggle. Like, let's be honest, like, that hustle is so real. It's not easy, I don't think, for anyone. Like, I think when you're pursuing something that you love and that you're passionate about, and I always think of it like there's the things that people see, right? Like, there might be the things that you put out on social media. There might be the things that you might put out in your marketing. There might even be, like, you know, the conversations, like, how's your business going? And, you know, we all have a thing that we might say back to that. But it's actually the stuff that happens in the dark. So, you know, the stuff that happens after hours, the stuff that your, you know, your partner or your family sees, like, the personal, like, private struggles that you have, you know, the times when you just don't want to keep going, but yet you just do. I'd say that those are the times, like, now that I feel really proud about. And also just, like, stepping into zones that, for me, I wouldn't normally do. So the spaces that I feel really terrified about doing that I've kind of been able to do or say yes to that have, you know, some of them have really kind of worked out in my favour or been doors that have opened that I never would have thought would, but just kind of being brave and courageous, like I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like, you know, that's cool that I did that. Such a good answer. And I'm sure so many people listening are nodding and going, yes, yes, because, you know, you step out of your comfort zone and it's such a great place to be when you realise you can do things that you maybe told yourself you couldn't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so if people are listening to this and they're thinking, oh, my goodness, I would like to connect with Jill, where is the best place? And also what's coming up for you? Is anything coming up for you? So anyone listening to this, if you want to connect with Jill, talking about myself, 
is like obviously my business name is freedom couple counseling so you can google me i am on instagram so you can go onto my social media you can email me you can send me you know a message on the gram as well so that's kind of where most people probably connect with me and in terms of like things going like i have like a few yeah i have like a few opportunities in terms of media so i do like a piece a month or like a regular piece with the ABC. Amazing. Congrats. Thank you. That's all to do with couples. Yeah, like any, like mainly things that I'm seeing, you know, with the couples that I'm seeing. So I'm doing a bit more stuff in the media. So that's probably where I'm at at the moment. Oh, amazing. Well, I am um, so thrilled that you said yes to coming on to here and thank you for all your advice. I was taking notes and I know lots of people will be like, okay, and then their partners are going to be really thankful that they listened to this today. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for the opportunity. That was really fun. Thank you, Fiona. Bye. Bye. Thanks. Hmm, who has just listened to that and is thinking, okay, I am really going to change things up in my relationships, whether they are romantic relationships, whether they are with your, you know, family members, whether it's with people you work with, suppliers, remote workers, or if you're lucky enough to have staff in-house, you know, what is your relationship like with them and how might it change and hopefully improve following just that conversation that I had with Jill Jade. So, yeah, I would love to know what you most took away from that. Of course, there are so many things that came up for me. I was actually, I wrote down like about five notes throughout that, just things that Jill said that just really, really resonated with me. And I wanted to go through two. I'm looking at the five and I'm like, God, I would, I just want to go through all of them, but I always just keep it to two on this interview episodes. And so, yeah, I guess the first thing that I love that she pointed out was things aren't a problem until they're a problem. Like it sounds so simple, but I think it's really, really profound. So often I mean, with relationships, with business, with anything, we can compare ourselves to other people. And I love that she said that, you know, she said things aren't a problem until they're a problem. And if it works for you and if it works for you and your relationship, whichever kind of relationship that is, it doesn't have to change just because, you know, somebody out there says that you should do it this way or that way. I mean, of course, I'm not for a minute, you know, excusing things like intolerable behavior or, or, you know, domestic violence or anything else like that. But for other things where perhaps we think that, you know, I don't know, people do X, Y, Z in their relationship between a general manager and a, and the person who owns the business. And it's like, that doesn't have to happen just because that's stock standard out there in business world. If you have a relationship and it's working really well and you've figured out a way to communicate with each other well, then I love that Jill said, it's not a problem until it becomes a problem. So I think that's a great place to kind of start with relationships and to really understand and acknowledge that every single relationship you have with somebody is going to be different. I have numerous friends that I love, all of them, but I have a lot of friends in different kind of parts of my life. I have, you know, friends that I went to high school with a million years ago. I have friends who, you know, one of my best friends, Paul, we met because we were both starting our first jobs together. He was the first person I ever employed and he's, you know, been a lifelong friend forever. I have, you know, another great friend, Ma, who's 
on the other side of the world and we met through a mastermind. And so I have friends and different relationships with each of them. And just because, you know, I might have had the friends for the same amount of time doesn't mean that that friendship is going to be exactly the same as another friendship that I have with somebody of equal amount of time, if that makes sense. So I love that idea. Things aren't a problem until they're a problem. I also loved her concept of verbal contracts with people and saying, you know, this is what I need. And particularly when people are starting in your business or in any kind of relationship that you have and sitting down and thinking about if things go wrong, how are you most likely to react and how might I help you through that situation? And likewise, you know, turning the tables on yourself as the manager or the company founder or whatever it is and saying, you know, this is how I tend to react when things don't go well. And what I will need from you is, you know, X, Y, Z. I love that idea of sitting down and having a verbal contract with somebody. And also when you're starting a business or maybe you're scaling your business and, you know, you have a significant other sitting down with them and saying, this is what I expect, or these are the expectations. And what do you need? And what are your expectations? I am forever talking about expectations, I feel like, on this podcast because, and and Jill brought it up beautifully, that quite often the issue becomes when there's a difference in expectation. And I think that is, you know, applicable to any kind of relationship, whether it's romantic, whether it's with your staff, whether it's both, who knows? (laughs) But yeah, I loved, I love that. And I guess I am going to mention another one because I, I think it goes with both of the things that I said, which is this idea of closeness and distance and really being clear on, you know, how are we showing our closeness, but also what different distances do we need? I think that is another big one for business owners. So often they will have people come on board and, and there's this idea of like, you know, they should just know stuff, which goes to the expectations. But also there's this idea of kind of micromanaging and, and having to be in every, involved in every single decision, even when you hire people and you want them to, you know, work autonomously, but then you're getting involved in everything. And I know months ago, I interviewed Michael Bechetta, who is an incredible business owner. And he said, I sort of said, well, how have you, you know, how have you run three different restaurants and you're opening up businesses all the time, plus you run Worksmith and all these other things. And he said, I let people do their job. You know, I don't need to be involved in every single meeting, in every single decision. Like that's why I've hired people so that I can trust them to go and do their stuff. And so I love that concept of closeness and distance. And I guess it kind of sits really well with the verbal contracts of how do you like to be managed? How do you like to work? And then what do I expect you to run past me? And then what do I expect that you you don't sort of not bother me with, but you know, that I don't need to know about. When I'm often working with clients, I'll, especially if they have a team, we'll look at kind of the framework of a Cairo or a Racy or Raki. I don't know how you pronounce it, but basically it's a framework of managing teams and it looks at, you know, it's like a matrix and you have who's responsible, who's accountable, who is consulted, who's informed, and then the O is for omitted. And so it's really sometimes we're narrowing down in a marketing team, particularly like how much does the person in charge of the business have to be involved? Like maybe they're just informed or maybe they're consulted, but who is ultimately accountable for doing this work? Who is responsible for this work? And then who, in terms of omitted, who doesn't need to know about it? Like just don't bother them with it. And I think that really comes back to that closeness and distance idea of, you know, what do we need to be close on? And then where do we need to 
you know, be really clear and set our boundaries around the distances that we need as well. So, so many things that came from that beautiful conversation with Jill. And so if you are listening and you think, gosh, I'd love to get in touch with her, or maybe you need some couples counselling. And I think, you know, we talked about that being a preventative thing. It's not always, let's just wait until things are really bad in order to go in there. And, And I'm sure that you know, as I found Jill, she's so down to earth and approachable. And I think that's exactly what you're looking for if you are looking for relationship help. So if you do want to get in touch with Jill, you can find her on Instagram under Freedom Couple Counseling, all one word. And if you're interested in checking out her services and everything else that she has available, you can find that over at freedomcouplecounseling.com. And of course, we'll link to that in the show notes. Again, my absolute pleasure to talk to Jill Jade today about all things relationships. So if you found this useful, I would love it so much if you might leave a review. It just really helps other small business owners who may well need some relationship advice right now, find us. And you can do that on Apple or Spotify or wherever you usually listen. And if you do choose to share this on social media, please tag us so that we don't miss it. You can do that at, at my daily business coach. And Jill, of course, as I just said, her Instagram is at Freedom Couple Counseling. As I mentioned at the start of this episode, if you or someone you know is in a relationship that is a little toxic or potentially even veering into family and domestic violence, please know that there is help available. You can call 1-800-RESPECT or you can go to 1-800-RESPECT.org.au. And of course, we'll link to that plus other places like Safe Steps and Your Toolkit and Our Watch in the show notes, which you'll be able to find for this episode over at mydailybusinesscoach.com forward slash podcast forward slash 254. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the My Daily Business Coach podcast. If you want to get in touch, you can do that at mydailybusinesscoach.com or hit me up on Instagram at mydailybusinesscoach.com.